It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... It's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great place, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over the dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's, a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello and welcome back to Generation Skywalker. We've got a bit of a standalone show, which one of the uh, one of the team will be taking us through tonight. But who is on the call? We have got Dan Burgess. Good evening, Dan. Good evening. We've also got Craig Spivey. Good evening, Craig. Hello. And we've got Mark Daniels. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. And we have Jez, who is taking us through the show tonight. So I'm going to just hand it all over to you, kick back and uh, cut my toenails. <laughs> Lovely. Well, good evening, everyone. Well, this is an episode which I've wanted to do for a while now because as a massive fan of the Star Wars franchise in its totality, there's one thing which has really struck me. I love the trailers. I love the way, if I think about going back to the very first episode one trailer, I mean, guys, we were all there. We've we've all seen it, you know, how that struck us at the end of the 90s when we knew Star Wars was coming back. Look at other times as well, such as the Chewie were home moment for The Force Awakens. <laughs> and also from my point of view, when I was at Star Wars Celebration at Anaheim with the Rebels season two trailer and the reaction from the fans from an entirely different generation, that's when it occurred to me, that's when it really struck me that Star Wars isn't just about our generation. It's not just about the 40-somethings. The reactions from the fans at Celebration when they saw something significant happen in the Rebels Season 2 trailer blew my mind. We can't just run. Ezra, we were lucky to survive. The fear. The anger. The hate. I haven't sensed a presence like that since... The Clone Wars. 
My name is Rex. And from then on, you know, we've had the Rogue One, we've had the deep analysis, we've had the Mandalorian, and even more recently with the Bad Batch. You know, watching trailers, the reactions to trailers, the analysis, that's hugely part of our culture now. And um, I wanted to take us back and I want to go through the trailers and see the different iterations in, and what we had. And, uh, and I'm glad that you guys are with me tonight. When I finished with you, you are 100% going to want to turn on a Star Wars movie and celebrate. This is going to be a nostalgic look. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to start in chronological order as the films came out. And we're probably going to do this over three, maybe four episodes. So, you know, if it's, if it's three, we've got our own trailer trilogy. But there's going to be some things in there which I really, really hope you haven't seen before. I'm, I'm sure that we've all at times looked at the original trailers you know these are completely different from what we've had now in the 21st century the standard sort of jj abrahams trailers and what we are used to as 21st century cinema goers so we need to get some context this was the 70s let's face it trailers were pretty lame or at least they were by modern standards and to do this justice we need our best we need to do our best to gear ourselves up for the 1970s. We need to be that 1970s viewer. So I'm going to show you three trailers now. I'm going to attempt to desensitize you from 2021. Guys, I'm going to put you now through 10 minutes of absolute 70s trailer. I don't want to say crud because I don't want to pre-brief the brief, you know, and I don't want this to be a lead in sort of statement or anything, but you guys are going to watch this. And then we'll see what sort of mindset we're in. And then we're going to go to the very first teaser trailer for A New Hope. Is everyone in? I'm in. I'm in. Roger, Roger. <laughs> I'm very excited. Right, you can press play. Just imagine a world where you will hold your entire future in the palm of your hand. When a tiny glowing crystal will guide you through an existence in which each day is more wonderful than the last. Where it will be possible for you to obtain the fulfillment of every fantasy, the satisfaction of every vanity, the absolute attainment of every wish. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents the Saul David production of Logan's Run. A fantastic journey through a world beyond imagination. Welcome to the 23rd century. The perfect world of total pleasure. Imagine a world in which you need never be alone. You touch a switch, turn a dial, and the perfect lover steps into your arms. Every pleasure is yours to experience. Runner! There's just one catch. When the tiny crystal in the palm of your hand flashes its final message, your time is up. Michael York is Logan. Run, Logan! Policeman in a perfect world. No! Trained to track down runners. Run, Logan! Until he is forced to run himself. I'm your friend, I understand. We all go crazy once in a while. But she's a runner. 
and it's over. Overwhelming, am I not? <laughs> Box, an incredible being, more than human, more than machine. Diabolical guardian of the gateway to freedom. Or Logan and the woman who loves him. I'm really trying to strip down your brains to get you into 1970s mode. like that before. That must be the look of of being old. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> MGM takes you into a new age of adventure in the first motion picture of the 23rd century. Logan's Run. It begins where imagination ends. That was, that was basically Logan's Run. The film explained. <laughs> right, I got one more for you. Something's wrong. Flight 23 Sierra, a private 747. The luxurious plaything of one of the world's wealthiest men. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad you could join us. I've lost contact with 23 Sierra. The passengers, a collection of the rich and the beautiful. He's just not here. The cargo. A priceless fortune in art. Well, they're in the Bermuda Triangle. And now, Flight 23 Sierra is off course and in trouble. Is Airport 77. Drown in here. Nobody is going to drown. The plane is pressurized. Have you radioed for help? Radios don't work underwater, but our course has been tracked on radar and they know exactly where we went down. What'll we do? Everybody, calm down. We run out of the airport. I they said calm down. You don't need to watch it all. I'm gonna send in another one now. We're so very nearly desensitized. Oh, I love this film. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. I like to play with things a while before annihilation. Pathetic Earthlings! Who can save you now? Ah!
So guys, we've just gone through Logan's Run, Airport 77, and Flash Gordon. So some classic movies, but classic trailers. So what sort of mindset are we in? What themes do we see? And how did they portray their trailers back in the day? Craig. Well, I think my first observation would be that all of them, with the exception of uh, Flash Gordon, they all kind of adopt the the approach that a book does, a novel. Uh, they've all got a voiceover, sort of upselling the plot, uh, and that's what it is. It's a plot synopsis. So they've got, they all have this voiceover, basically telling you what's going on, you know, setting up the premise and telling you why you should buy the book. I mean, watch the movie. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a narrative to it. They're ticking boxes all over the place. They're trying to have excitement, drama, romance, and they're ticking all these things. But it's not that mindset which we have now. It's not the things to music. It's it's not got all the the crazy effects and and the rapid throwing it down your throat. So I just really needed us to go back there so we could see what else there was, what there was in the cinema, and how things were being done. So is everyone now feeling the mindset that they're prepared and they're, they're in the cinema and they're going to watch the trailer for a very first time for this new movie, which you've heard about, which is coming your way, which is called Star Wars. Let's do it. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American Graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. It's an epic of heroes. worlds. So there we are. You've just seen that for the very first time. Now, first of all, give me your immediate reactions with regards to what you're expecting or what you've seen previously. It felt very much like a, 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 a darker film than Star Wars actually is. Uh, the, the voiceover, how he, he delivered the lines and also the music, it was very sort of... Um, I don't know, it just felt like a, almost like a horror film rather than a kid's space fantasy film. Um, it, it lacked that kind of 
dynamic. A lot of the imagery was quite dynamic, but the the sound and the the, the voiceover wasn't really conveying that that in terms, you know, in, in conjunction with the imagery. It's it's quite strange. It's also cool to um, hear War's uh, original voice in the cantina. You know, the guy who runs the cantina. No uh, blasters, no blasters. Yeah. yeah they, they didn't dub him over for that bit, so that that was that was quite cool. I suppose it was interesting to see when they put that that together how there were certain elements of it that were complete in terms of you know sound effects and stuff like that, tie fires, blaster fire, but then other parts like that, you know, the cantina scene. They were obviously still in the the process of putting all that together and editing it. The two the two lightsabers for Vader and Obi Wan stood out, doesn't it? They're both white. White blades. Yeah. Very, uh... Yeah, I mean, quite clearly that it was in a great deal of sort of um, pre-release, just that, that stuff where they're still trying to figure stuff out. You know, this would have been released with plenty of time. What else wasn't there? The original logo. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The original logo wasn't there. The fonts were all different. It didn't feel at all Star Wars-y, but one of the main reasons it didn't feel Star Wars-y and, and Mark, you kind of hinted at it earlier on. The music, it was that see, uh, sort of very sinister pulsing, you know, there wasn't any orchestral back backing to it. There wasn't Star Wars music. You know, so whilst you did have things there, that very first TIE Fighter sound, you know, Dan, you, you pointed out that, it, it had the sounds, but then again, some of the background noises were off and they later on be cleaned up in sort of post-production the, the Death Star alarm was off. That was completely yeah. different. Um, you know, they, they had the Tuscan sounds, so, so that was there. But you could also pick up a lot of it on, on second listening, that you, you'd find the sounds were very studio-type sounds. You know, they'd be cleared up later on with sort of Foley and with mixing and various things. So quite clearly this was done, you know, several, several months in advance. But it was definitely action-packed. It was definitely different. But there was a, a sinister element to it but it was very mysterious. Uh, you know, I thought it was great. But when you now go back to previous ones, you know, the Logan's run, the Flash Gordon, you know, the, the Flash Gordon was very cheap in effect, wasn't it? It was very sort of slap bang pow, as in you would normally see on a sort of Batman type Saturday morning serial. Whereas this did, even in those early stages, really look quite refined and state of the art. I, I, I thought the, the Flash Gordon one, when you think about how the 70s uh, trailers came across. They were all very similar with the voice sounds and the, the imagery and what have you. Um, and then Flash Gordon, which was, what, 1980? There's a very definite uh, sort of difference between the two uh, eras. And uh, I, I felt the Flash Gordon one was a lot more polished and a lot more trailer-esque what we used to see now. It looked more like a pop video yeah. as opposed to a description of what the film was about, you know, the hard sell, trying to explain to the audience the, the plot and what have you. And um, I'm hoping that the Empire Strikes Back one, which will have been a similar kind of era, uh, will probably be along the same sort of lines. Hmm. And when you start, what, 1976, 1977, that, that trailer would have been produced? Yeah. Only, only three or four years later, how trailers were starting to look were a lot more polished. 
I totally agree. I mean, it just it stands out out of the the pick of the bunch so far tonight. I mean, it's a it's an assemblage of of imagery from the film, pretty much in sequential order. And you realise just watching that Flash Gordon trailer, just how literal those lyrics are, because that's sort of doing the job of the man who talks like this, because Freddie's singing. You know, Flash, I love you, but we've only got 14 hours to save the Earth. It's like, that's the elevator pitch, isn't it? You don't need all that all that copy that the other people have written for the trailers. I think the, the Star Wars one, clearly early work, isn't it? The, the, the framing of being in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago has not been um, established. So this, this mm. idea that all this could be happening right now is just feels very strange to us. Yeah. Because we're not, we're not used to that. And also, you know, Lucas... They were still selling him from the creator of American Graffiti. They still had to kind of lay down his credentials for this to be credible. It was it was quite sort of mixed up and bitty. Like they they were sort of hedging their bets because I think even then the studio, if you think about the whole production and how things came out, the studio weren't a hundred percent convinced anyway. I don't know what documentary it was on or if it was on a commentary or something, but Mark Hamill talks about that trailer and before Star Wars coming out and being in a cinema just as a general you know mover going public and that trailer played and at the end of the trailer the voiceover says sound like coming to a galaxy you're coming to your galaxy this summer and he was really pleased you know i'm in this big film and no one knows it's me and and apparently some smart ass at the back after it said coming to a galaxy or summer he said yeah late night cable tv in six months time <laughs> <laughs> kind of burst these bubbles i thought Bless. Stuck with me a little bit, but yeah, he's done all right in the end out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's done all right, boy, done good. Some of the observations which you guys have brought out, yeah, absolutely, completely spot on. What I'd like us to do now is to go remember what you've just said about this one, and we're now going to go into the next ta- uh, trailer. So the first one you saw was the teaser trailer, and then we're going to bring out the main trailer for this movie. Century Fox and George Lucas bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Stop that ship! I'd forgotten how much I hate space travel. Here they come. They're coming in too fast! The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I'll come with you to Alderaan. There's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of 
heroes. And villains. And aliens from a thousand worlds. Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you near that scrap pile. Star Wars. A billion years in the making. The Force will be with you. Always. So, from one to the other, the teaser to that one, the differences. That's a really exciting trailer, isn't it? You just want to go watch it now after seeing that. <laughs> I, I did say to you, I said, come the end of today, you're going to be like, yes, I want to do this, I want to go watch this. So, yeah, I mean, action from the beginning. What else was there from the beginning? Music. Yeah, absolutely. The, and it wasn't just the one theme, it was bombastic different themes throughout you know you had the rise and fall you had the the different themes you know there was that element of of sort of the the romance side of it all the different music threading and beautifully sort of telling that story but crucially without really giving anything away you know there's a boy and then there's a girl and the spectacle light years ahead of its time um but yeah when we say instant action and music there was actually something else at the very beginning. Now, I don't know, you know, you guys may be making notes or what have you, but what was there a long time ago? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Lego, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I mean, just to see that for the very first time after having never seen that before. Uh, as you say, Dan, I mean, there's, there's not much more to it, is there really? I can show you uh, that same trailer again, which just lasts about two, three seconds longer which uh, was a re-release because it, at the end it just shows with seven Academy Awards and, uh, okay. and pictures of the Oscars there, which is, is just brilliant. But it's um, it, just such, such a great trailer. And if you imagine watching that for the first time, pow, everything which came in with that, you know, you had the sounds of the, certainly blasters to stun, all of those sounds which were coming out. They're still trailing the, the boy and girl romance angle quite a bit. If I didn't know Star Wars, it looks like a love story, which is a popular cinematic trope. So I kind of get that, but it's not how it played out ultimately. It almost felt like they just had that voiceover, that guy, and they just wanted to, they just wanted to put it in there. So they, just, they could have just left that out completely, it, it just played the images and had exactly the same impact. Yeah, it wasn't really needed, was it? There was a lovely edit that I spotted when, the, when the, the stun blast comes out in the little circle. It cuts to the escape pod, which is like the, the circular aperture, and it goes off into space. That was a particularly nice touch. I thought the um, interesting out of all the special effects, everything looked looked done except for the lightsabers. Again, they were still white. Yeah, it is really weird, isn't it? Yeah, I noticed that. There was one other thing which really, <laughs> really made me go, "Oh, what?" And pause it and rewind it, pause it, rewind it, and then I then actually had to go and watch the original movie, and I sort of fast forwarded it to this time. I'd like what, where he sort of falls down off the <laughs> yeah, he sort of jumps off the step doesn't he yeah when i was watching that trailer i was like what's he just done there I did... it almost looked like he had done a jump 
and uh, you never noticed that before. I never film. noticed that before. Maybe it's because I was just looking at Luke. I'll probably completely remove this from the podcast recording. But I was no, like, no, uh-huh. it's good but the fact that they then put that in the trailer just made me think that's really, really peculiar. So yeah, C three PO jumping in a really weird way off a step. You know, phenomenal. I cannot imagine, and I haven't been able to find a better trailer. Um, from you know 76 to 80 with regards to something which is so exciting something which is just drawing me to want to know more yeah, it's great to see that old star wars logo as well you don't you don't see that one as much yeah 100 percent. it's just yeah the the logo the long time ago in a galaxy far far away it's just an absolute treat i presume that these were only really actually shown in cinemas before other films so only cinema going public would be sort of party to a lot of these trailers. I, I don't ever remember seeing these on television, not in the same way that they're done now. You're absolutely right, mate. I, uh, you know, and I very rarely went to the cinema at that age. You know, it would maybe once a year or something like that. I, I certainly wasn't going as frequently as people do or did prior to COVID. You know, yes, yeah, so the and we didn't have the internet back then clearly so yeah these wouldn't have been seen that much and i do know as we then went into jedi you started to get the stuff which you'd see on television was more for kenner and palatoy adverts for for the toys rather than the movies themselves uh but yeah you're absolutely right watching you know these these trailers at the beginning of a of an of a night out you know you imagine people there in the cinema with their box of popcorn and their cigarettes you know, watching these movies and watching these trailers, yeah. This next one I'm going to share with you just came out a little bit later. It was a sort of re-release. And in my opinion, it was kind of reminding people of that feel-good film. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's beautiful. Star Wars, starring Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Too short for a stormtrooper. Harrison Ford. Boring conversation anyway. Whoa, we're gonna I think we took a wrong turn. Carrie Fisher. Good luck. Alec Guinness. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. 20th Century Fox presents the most extraordinary motion picture of all time. Star Wars. Here's where the fun begins. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Here they come. May the Force be with you in Star Wars. So, some great lines in there. But guys, over to you. What what are your thoughts? It's interesting that they were were showcasing the actors because they were all stars, presumably, at this point. Yeah, it was completely different from that point of view, wasn't it? So they, again, there was another sort of voiceover. There was a, another narration there. But yeah, not only were they showing the stars, but they had graphics up as well, sort of accompanying each of those. Just to, you know, this is Mark Hamill. This is Harrison Ford. Yeah, absolutely. Still going on the romance a little bit, though, aren't they, Craig? Yeah, I think they might be talking about Han and Chewie. <laughs> but there we go again. It's, it's that sort of the you know the whole rat romance and celebration. But the fact that they started off on this particular trailer at the end on Yavin walking down to get their medals, it was almost like that celebration of you know here we are and and look back and remember. And that was the whole point for me that this is a you know the re-release 
And it was reminding people of that amazing, great, feel-good movie, which was Star Wars, and then just re you know, re sort of kindling that relationship with the uh, with the actors, as you say. So it was a much shorter trailer, that one. It was only about a minute or so, but that's all it needed to be, you know, with, with the re-release. As Mark said, you know, you, there was no internet, there was no television for these movies. They certainly weren't out on VHS or Betamax then. So it was the re-release where they're like, right, let's make some more money. Let's put it back out there. So those were the three Star Wars sort of OT trailers which I wanted to share with you but now as we move on you know we've all got Disney plus I believe so I'm now going to share with you a Disney plus trailer because if you check out a new hope on Disney plus you're not going to see one of those trailers which I've just shown you it's a special cut for Disney plus Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. Han Solo, Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Somebody has to save our skins. Let go, Luke. The Force is strong with this one. I got him! Great kid! Don't get cocky! I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault. So we go, the Disney version. And Dan, yes, the saber was red this time. So uh, yeah, completely different, completely different feel right from the very beginning with Han going, yeah, okay, hit it. You can tell that they've dragged it into the 21st century, but I'd like a comparison now to the, you know, the original ones from 1977. Let's just have a comparison. It's very hard to compare them, isn't it? You've got 40 years worth of cultural resonance at play in the last one it plays like a greatest hits of the famous lines they're the lines that became synonymous with those characters that at the time they made those first trailers that wouldn't have existed interesting you say that because there'll be something which comes up later on which when i saw that on, on a first trailer i was like oh wow cultural brilliant but yeah you're absolutely right i mean that's had the life of it it's been completely cleaned up there obviously the blu-ray and the very latest blu-ray versions is much faster it's fast paced isn't it and um it, it's all over the place but again just watching that you just think ah oh, you know we're looking at this loving the hot toys loving the mandalorian people enjoying the bad batch but after watching stuff like this i'm like mm, yeah i'm an ot boy at heart you know i think it's it it, it just goes to show how polished Disney have sort of got the whole Star Wars trailers in particular. And I think it would be fair to say that The Phantom Menace was the birth of what we class now as a, as a, a good cinema trailer. The art of the cinema trailer it was born with The Phantom Menace. And uh, subsequently, you know, Disney have, had nailed the trailers for every single Star Wars film that they have produced so far, as far as I'm concerned. Um, even though some of the films themselves probably have been met with a bit more of a, a lukewarm reception, 
I think it's fair to say that the trailers, every single one, is just you just sit there and you can feel the tears welling up. And watching that last one that Disney uh, produced, like Craig says, you know, you've got 40 years of history of Star Wars uh, imagery, um, music, uh, script to fall back on and, and, and whoever created that obviously knew the subject incredibly well and um, yeah it was a very very good trailer and I think it sums up what we all sort of feel about Star Wars in a, a few seconds I think I preferred the second one though it, I don't know maybe th- that one is just a bit too polished <laughs> you know hand saying you know hit, um, hit it as the you know and then all the music kicks in and everything kicks off in the trailer it's just too modern maybe i just yeah getting a bit a bit old now and a bit nostalgic for it all but yeah that second trailer was that was the one for me you you, you are entitled to be wrong dan i know <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what it's it's brilliant to listen to you you know your different opinions on it and, and how as you say 40 years of sort of pent-up emotion and and i remember what i was like when i watched uh force awakens and 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 i had that release of emotions and, and, and just you know as you do with the whole chewy we're home thing and there'll be some trailers which i'm going to show you shortly where you know first time i watched them i i was having goosebumps you know and, and there's another one where i watched it and i watched it earlier on just to try and make sure that this was all ready and afterwards i was like pull yourself together man <laughs> have a word of yourself because it's it's just us isn't it and it's why we're here and it's why we do this podcast because we're so you know committed to it we we've we've given up so much time and it is a passion of ours and um and it really really gets us and i think this is a perfect segue into passion and fan-made films and treats and this is the last little element now of a new hope for me before we move on to the sequel the empire strikes back you know the internet now is full of fan films fan-made films and some of them are absolutely phenomenal. You know, we've seen some of the remakes of, um, you know, Star Wars uh, Restored, etc. But I just want to now show, so there's a few different people who are doing these. And I'm going to show two now, a New Hope ones. And this um, first one is by AD Edits. Tell you, Luke, the rebellion's a long way from here. This planet, big hunk of nothing. I didn't come back just to say goodbye. I shouldn't tell you this, but you're the only one I can trust. We're gonna jump ship and join the Alliance. The Rebellion? Quiet down. You got a mouth bigger than media. I'm quiet, I'm quiet. Listen to how quiet I am, you can barely hear me. It won't be long before your uncle's just a tenant, slaving for the greater glory of the Empire. No, that's not gonna happen here. You said yourself the Empire won't even mess with this old rock. Things can change. tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Father's lightsaber. The weapon of the Jedi Knight. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace, of justice, and the old republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. There's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. an awful risk, Vader. This had better work. 
voiceover with Biggs at the beginning really through I, I wondered if I was watching the right thing <laughs> with the deleted scenes yeah because I, I I don't know those cut scenes that well so when I heard his voice I think what's he going on about what, what what's this yeah um uh but I have to say that piece of music that that is that, that is over mm. the top I absolutely love it I think it's just so I mean that's real sort of hairs on the back of your neck uh, standing on end sort of stuff it really is I quite liked it I thought it was, I thought it was good 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 fun edit I, I like the idea of that that intro where it just didn't it didn't work it's it, it, like Mark says it's like I'm playing something else at the same time it's just there's nothing cinematic about that delivery um, it's almost like a bit of inconsequential kind of Tarantino-esque um, dialogue over a beer which is what they're doing and then you've got like Peter Cushing chiming up and Alec Guinness, and it just it just flips at that point. But I like the idea of it. I suppose it's a good way of I suppose showing how trailers are made now versus then. There's no voiceover; it's all very slick, and you know the music's there to give you the goosebumps and the feels and make you want to go and see the film. Yeah, you're right. Per, uh, you know, great observation. You know, the, the narrations are gone, aren't they? And everything, every sort of scene change is on a drumbeat. Uh, you know, it is very powerful. Again, it, there is that sort of bombastic nature to it, but it is it's very composed, isn't it? And um, but I, I loved it. I loved the Luke whispering thing, like no, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, you know, that that was brilliant. It all made from the deleted scenes. You know, music from that that whole sequel trailer, just re having reused that. And then there was blink and you miss it, half a second of the uh, I, I don't know the the name for it, but. The guys, the, who, the they've yeah. done the Vader and Obi Wan battle. Fight. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's how you know modern trailers. They like to you know end on that cliffhanger. So you know you've got Vader swinging his saber and Obi Wan dodging it, and then it cuts to black, and that's what you'd expect in a modern trailer. I don't know if Thanos was fighting Iron Man, he'd throw a punch and it would cut away at the last second. Yeah. Brilliant, you know. I'd, so again, you know, we've seen these whole treats, and it's now just making me go on. Oh, you hope, you hope, you hope. Uh, but again, as you say, that music is just rousing, isn't it? It's just that symphonic. It, it's just everything about that. I think because it combines for me my love of the OT, but the sort of whole embracing excitement for the sequels, all wrapped into one sort of glorious trailer. I just think it's brilliant. So that was the AD Edits trailer. And I've got this now final one for you from Terrorstone. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark time. Before the Empire. My ship has fallen under attack. And I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan is failed. You must learn the ways of the Force if you're to come with me to Alderaan. Alderaan? On Solo, I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. You should not have come back. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. 
Careful. I felt a great disturbance in the force. Somebody has to save our skins. The battle station is heavily shielded and carries a firepower greater than half the star. Don't underestimate the force. Defenses are designed around a direct, large-scale assault. Come here, you big coward. Chewie, come here. A small, one-man fighter should be able to penetrate the outer defense. Completely different one. The last one went then, which we showed. Jump straight into it. What's your? Uh, I've got one, one question. Why October nineteen seventy seven? Yeah, I did spot that as well. I did. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, no. After having put so much effort into that, you're like, well, hang on a second. Was it May or was it December? But yeah, yeah. The, the, the music was just, just dreadful. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, it, it's just, just no, no. Our, our survey said. Eh, eh. That one had more in common with the Logan's Run one we watched. It was the story in a very linear way from the start of the mission to things blowing up to Han Solo going, yay, we won. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, just pretty much what plot, you know, sort of a plot spoiler maybe, who knows. But yeah, so Mark, as you say, music, I, I guess from his point of view, he was uh, whilst reusing all the images from the movie, probably felt that he couldn't put the music on and sometimes you get that with youtube don't they that they uh they will stop your videos if you're using copyrighted music you think i mean star wars is probably you know one of the films that's been cleaned up more than any other from that period especially and when you see it like that cutting those fan trailers in, in a modern style it does feel quite a modern film in a lot of in a lot of the shots there are some shots you know where the special effects don't look as good but in other times you know it could have been made you know six months ago if you didn't know any better I mean, what we got there is the beauty of the practical effect, isn't it, really, in comparison mm-hmm. to a lot of the original sort of late 90s blue screen and then green screen. But, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's face it, you know, since the um, mid-90s, this movie has been, you know, cleaned up. It's, it's had more alterations than most of our sort of B-list celebrities. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's um, been, you know, teased and plucked and everything all over the place. But, yeah, it still looks an absolutely crisp and relevant movie which is a just, you know, complete treat. I like the sound of that. Here we go. It's 1979. You've watched Star Wars. You've watched the re-release. You've started collecting the figures. You've got, you've got the magazines. You know, you've got the comic. You are desperately waiting for The Empire Strikes Back. And then the teaser trailer hits. The Empire has been repulsed. But this one defeat will increase its determination to crush the rebellion once and for all. In the continuation of the Star Wars saga, the Empire strikes back, and Luke, Han, and Princess Leia must confront its awesome might. In the 
course of the Odyssey, they travel with their faithful friends, droids and Wookiees, to exotic worlds where they meet new alien creatures and evil machines. Culminating in an awesome confrontation between Luke Skywalker and the master of the dark side of the Force, Darth Vader. Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, Chewbacca, and introducing Landau Calrissian. In the continuation of the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back, coming next year. <laughs> hey, it's I mean, Go on. I mean, those, obviously, they're using the Macquarie quarry art as we know it now but um you can't see what the hell's going on in them they whiz past them so quickly you wouldn't have been able to freeze it would you back in those days like you could now it almost harked back to the original star wars uh, teaser trailer it had got that similar kind of vibe probably not as dark and as foreboding as as the original star wars one probably uh, you know a bit more faster paced and a bit more dynamic and in tune with what star wars actually was but it felt very much like they were. It had almost gone backwards in term in terms of um, sort of style and uh, substance. Really, didn't feel like four years later, did it? <laughs> I do wonder whether. I mean, you've got this great big film. Star Wars was amazing. This, but and then the public had seen the holiday special, and then that trailer follows it straight away. People be thinking, "All oh, right, was it just a a one off?" They've looked <laughs> a good film there. Yeah, it was very, very bizarre. I wonder whether they they whizzed through the image images so quickly on purpose, so you know you didn't they didn't want to give too much away. It felt like a corporate pitch. It felt internal. How's the new film coming? Oh, it's looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> my my grandma had a had a, a door from her kitchen that had this glass that was in little strips, and when you looked through it, it kind of split the view from the other side of the the room into tall rectangles. And that effect at the end when they're going through the characters is very similar to that. Yeah, yeah, and that's the theme which is reoccurring. It really is throughout this. But for the benefit of those who can't wait for the enhanced version, yeah, what we've just seen then is, um, so the teaser trailer for Empire, which came out in 79, there was no special effects. In fact, there was was no action in it. The only imagery was just a sort of an array of painted images by Ralph McQuarrie. So it was just concept art. You know, so you you had the narration there and it was just concept art. And, And as Stu points out, you know, this followed the holiday special. And yeah, people in the UK wouldn't have seen that. But for the millions who tuned in to watch that in the USA, they thought that they were going to have the sequel to Star Wars, which turned out to be some sort of, you know, show on acid, which then also had a cartoon. And then they see this teaser again, which was conceptual art. Now, when you actually look at the some of the comments on YouTube for this particular teaser, one of them is, I remember when I was 10, a kid from our school said he saw a Star Wars commercial in theatre and the next Star Wars story was going to be a cartoon. We didn't believe him, so we beat him up. Sorry, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, that's the sort of stuff which I can completely believe, you know, what what you hear in the in the playground and then someone says this and someone says that and it's the same with the whole sort of rocket fire and boba fett thing that oh no it's definitely coming it's definitely coming yeah yeah the star wars sequel the empire strikes back is going to be a, going to be a cartoon 
Um, so yeah, completely weird. But this was done so far in advance. The the studio clearly didn't have anything which they can give. You know, it had um, the incorrect logo. It was just very much sort of disco font. Empire Strikes Back. There was Star Wars symphonic music, but there wasn't any music from Empire. And it was just, you know, we've got this so far in advance. We've probably finished filming, but you know, we've got nothing available to show you yet. So it was a little bit later in 1979. Was yeah. there no Yoda in that? No. But then they give away the ending saying at the end of the film there's going to be a, a battle between Luke and Vader. Hmm. Trying to where to go. Yeah, yeah there, there's a few things in OT trailers where I'm like, oh, why haven't they done that? And why have they done this? And hang on a second, they've shown that. So that kind of gives away that. And yeah, we'll see what else we can come up with. It's, yeah, good point, buddy. But I'm now going to show you the uh, the next trailer. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. <laughs> Creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. The continuing story of our band of heroes, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. Galactic Odyssey against oppression. A big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy, next summer <laughs> is, that, is that Harrison Ford's voice over <laughs> to say that's supposed to be the darkest of the, the trilogy it was quite slapstick and the voiceover was almost like a spoof and every like pratfall and mug to the camera was just in that trailer <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right we'll, we'll come on to Mark's point in a minute or Mark's question but yeah it was lighter you're absolutely right and when you then put that against or you compare that with the you know the very sinister slow menacing narration of the first one you know where we pointed out oh wow that sounds really really dark they really upped it didn't they and it did sound a little bit more like again another sort of batman saturday morning tv serial and uh, it really it certainly did seem jolly you know people getting hit all over the place and, and stuff um and then obviously there was a the slight cringe factor with the romance between uh, luke and leah uh, but you know we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that 
Um, Mark, you mentioned Han Solo, uh, Harrison Ford, did you say? Yeah, it sounded very much like Harrison Ford's voice that did to me. Some of the some of his uh, pronunciations and it just just in certain parts he sounded like him, and in other parts he didn't. It was very strange. Oh, okay. Yeah, straight away it, it was action. It did replace that whole sort of you know maybe they thought oh, maybe we've made a bit of a mistake here with the conceptual art, so we're going to absolutely throw in. We're going to get rid of those. Um, what did you call them? The sort of glass prism things looking through the door you know it's just going to be action with recognizable star wars music you'll note there was no imperial march or empire themes um but there was a few other things which i noticed there was a bit there with the hoth wampa claw opening up which i thought was really sinister obviously with the um special editions in 97 they did away of all uh, with all of that and, and what you saw in the trailer, I thought, was actually slightly scarier from a Hoth Wampa point of view. Um, slapstick, you know, you had the 3PO ripping away the little biohazard poster, which was in the deleted scene. So, you know, that was going to be in the original movie, but they got rid of that. But all in all, yeah, good um, sort of swashbuckling, sort of thigh-slapping yarn, would you say, Craig, yeah? Some bits were like carry on Star Wars. But as Stu said earlier on, you know, there was, there was no Yoda. So there, there was, you know, the, the whole secrets in this and didn't really pick up on any Atats, Yodas or any of the sort of big plot spoiling things. Yeah, you know, they had said in the conceptual one about, the, you know, the showdown, but it didn't really give away anything else. Just that there was lots of action, lots of trouble and face to face between our heroes and the villains. And what I also noticed was at the end, Mark, I know that you're, you know, the sort of creative guy who picks up on all this sort of font type stuff along with Craig. But right at the end, when it then gave you the Empire Strikes Back uh, title of the trailer, yeah, no logo. It was just Empire Strikes Back straight font. Almost like a kind of sort of Bugsy Malone type font, but it certainly wasn't Star Warsy. No, no uh, that was one thing that I did actually forget to, to mention was the, the logo, still still no logo. Now, normally, uh, the logo, the brand identity, is one of the first things that gets done because, obviously, um, it goes on note paper when you're sending invoices out or when you're sending press releases out and, and so on and so forth. The logo is actually one of the key things that gets looked at first and I know they went through sort of several iterations of, of the Empire Strikes Back logo. I mean, Ralph McQuarrie did several really gorgeous illustrations, quite famously. Um, uh, the, um, the, the look on Tauntaun, which was done very much like the, the triangle of Luke and the twin sons in the background for the, for the first film. But yeah, it, it, you just didn't see it. I found it very strange. And also how the logo was placed right at the bottom of the screen. It wasn't central, it wasn't big, it wasn't in white, it was in blue, so it kind of mingled into the back. It wasn't really front and centre, which it should have been. Um, so yeah, it was a bit surprising, that is. Um, I, it's something that I've never picked up on before. I'm glad you said about the uh, the logo and everything. So we're going to go on to the next one now.
chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga is now in our galaxy. Well, there you go. You wanted logos, you got logos. You had logos at the beginning and at the end. And it, I mean, let's talk about that. That was an action-packed trailer. What did it have? What didn't it have? Over to you guys. It pretty much covered the majority of it, didn't it, really? It had a sort of glimpse of Yoda in there. Finally had the Atats in there. They got the logo nailed. So um, in terms of trailers, that was the most... Uh, polished one for Empire from the original trilogy. I think there is. It was it was better for not having a voiceover. I think. Lovely to see a Marnock splat on the windscreen, wasn't it? I liked Vader flying. The way it was edited made it look. Oh, I can fly in this one. <laughs> and that funny lenticular uh, um, transition was back. I heard you get excited during that. Um, I think I, need to find I, some... I think it was quite funky. It was better used sparingly. Kind of like breaking the fourth wall a little bit because they were quite clearly staged sort of um, studio photographs, weren't they? Of sort of, you know, this is a hand photograph. This is a Leah photograph. And for me, whilst, yes, it was reminding people of the characters, but it was kind of like, oh, that's not Star Wars. That's just posed for a photograph. And they were, and they were flogging the um, soundtrack at the end as well. <laughs> well, they hadn't noticed that. I've seen yeah, that. Soundtrack right. available. Ah, right, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't quite see that. But. Which I think, from memory, that used to happen quite a bit. You used to get it on movie posters as well, didn't you? You used, used to get them to, uh, selling the paperback books, uh, some rotten as well. Paperback books available from uh, Del Rey, is it, and, uh, or Ballantine uh, Press. Uh, if you look at the end credits of, of the films from that era, they were always pushing the paperbacks. A pile of old books. Mm. The sacred Jedi texts. Oh, read them, have you? Well, on page turners, they were not. You go back and think about in time, you know, with successful franchises, James Bond, you know, the Moonraker, um, Moonraker movie came out in 79. So very, very similar time when you just think what you were getting with Empire, what you were getting in that trailer versus, you know, Moonraker. Because now that, that film just looks so dated, so old. And from a production point of view, Metro Godwin Mayer, you know, had already put so much in and had so many decades of success with, with James Bond. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're looking back again with desensitised eyes to how we were or how we would have been in 1979. And for me, yeah, that that brought so much. And uh, again, a really, really exciting time. Now, um, the next time which I want us to go to is 1982. So... This was for the re-release, you know, it was a year before uh, Jedi. It would have been probably about six months or so before, or maybe around about the time that the Jedi first trailers were coming out. So they thought, right, what we're going to do is we'll re-release Empire. If you think about it, Empire finished on such a cliffhanger. You know, Han had been taken away. No, I am your father. So much upset and turmoil for Luke, who had lost his hand. You know, the the rebels were on their ass and it was just a case of, right, the re-release. Let's just, um, you know, let's remind people of what that was like. The Star Wars saga continues with a special limited engagement of The Empire Strikes Back, starting November 19th.
Empire Strikes Back. Returning to your galaxy, November 19th. Now guys, there's a few things to sort of dissect with that one because not only was that a shorter trailer, it was a slightly shorter one. You could argue quite similar to the previous, but there was some definite additions to that, which um, I think if you think about it, if you think about what, you know, the time, the fact, you know, cat out of the bag, uh, they'll still want to keep an element of some surprises in the movie. Um, but what, what was missing? What was added? What were the differences here with the re-release? Yoda was definitely sort of more prevalent in that one wasn't he i think sort of cat was out of the bag at that stage so um yeah yoda was shown a bit more yeah absolutely you know yoda had been released as a figure by this time and it certainly wasn't the also it was a lovely sort of trick of the movie that we were all expecting a great warrior and then we saw that yoda was the jedi master it was one of those things where it wasn't the whole oh no god that would have ruined the movie if i had known in advance such as the no i'm your father so yeah, to add that again, it was that, oh, remember that? I remember what that character was like and hence the little Yoda laugh, which we got in there. So yeah, completely adding all that. But it was interesting from my point of view that this wasn't taken, these shots weren't taken from the original movie because if you if you notice, Vader's lightsaber was white in some of those uh, scenes there as well. So, and, and the Atats certainly look a little bit more cleaned up. They looked um, good. But yeah, so it was a really, really nice mix. Just a, a shorter one, just uh, just over, um, it was one minute, 45 seconds or so. Um, but yeah, so not quite finished with regards to some of the uh, pre-production bits and pieces with the white sabers. But uh, yeah, a great re-release, which certainly would have made me want to go and watch it. So there we go. That That's brought us to the end of the OT Empire Strikes Back trailers from the 1980s. As we said, Disney Plus have now done their own dragging them into the 21st century a little bit more. So this is the trailer for you to watch on Disney+. Plus. Watch this. Watch what? I think we're in trouble. This is a dangerous time when you will be tempted by the dark side. I'm not afraid. You will be. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. I love you. I know. The Force is with you, Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Artu, come back at once. I'm standing here in pieces and you're having to lose the grandeur. I thought it was nice. It's a bit like what Craig said earlier, wasn't it? It's a bit of a highlight reel of the best lines. You've got Yoda's most famous lines and um, all those great moments. You're only missing the no line, aren't you? Mm -hmm. It's even got the I love you in it, which we've not seen yet. Hmm. I still think the bit where the Falcon is flying away from Bespin and it does that turn over the cloud and then comes back again. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the greatest shots in the whole of the Star Wars trilogy. I love it. Is it filling you with sort of lovely Empire Strikes Back? I'm, I'm, I'm swelling up, mate. I'm <laughs> swelling up. <laughs> it's quite a self-aware trailer. 
when you see that one and the the Disney Plus Star Wars one. So they use sort of Han accelerating in the Falcon and in the same way, in the same point in the trailer. Yeah. This time it doesn't jump to hyperspace. It's quite, it's quite sweet. Well, sort of, you know, talking sweet, feel good feels, and uh, you know how, how it is. I've got now two more modern for you to see. So you know we spoke about the fan made ones earlier on. Now this next one is another one by AD Edits, and then I'm going to show you the Tom F version. And uh, yeah, it was one of these two. I think it was the Tom where I got goosebumps when I watched it for the first time. There is a great disturbance in the Force. I have felt it. We have a new enemy. a dangerous time. You will be tempted by the dark side of things. This place gives me the creeps. I'm looking for someone. I'm looking for a great warrior. Vader. Is the dark side stronger? There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. Keep your eyes open, huh? Right now I feel like I'm taking the whole empire myself. I know what you mean. The rebels are alert to our prisons. Prepare your troops for a surface attack. I won't fail you. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. This destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. Leia! Patience. The one thing that I think it lacked was this. This was a guy that used that uh, original piece of music on the other yeah. on his Star Wars one, wasn't it? The, you know, the the really sort of um, goosebumpy bit of Star Wars music. I, I, if there was a piece of music for Empire like that that had been re- reimagined, shall we say, mm. in the apostrophes, um, I think that just would have just tipped it over the edge as being absolutely perfect. But um, it, you know, clearly the guy who'd done it had got a lot of love for the film and knew it very, very well and understood it. And that came across with the, with, with the style and his edit 
um, and the pace of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like it. Hats off to What I liked about that one, I think if you compare it to the, the Disney Plus one, which, you know, is a commercial project to make people want to watch Star Wars. So every cut in there, every scene in there is like classic. Whereas what's nice about this one is it's like lots of little side shots, little moments that, that maybe don't often get this, the mm. spotlight that, that this really draws attention on. There's some nice little moments where you're watching it going, oh, God, yeah, I've never really studied that framing before or that particular moment. And I think that's that's what I really enjoyed about that. Yeah, just, you know, squaddies or, you know, soldiers shuffling back and forth, running around yeah. and just, yeah, setting scenes. And uh, clearly that music was taken from Rogue One, which, you know, the, the whole thing itself is a battle, isn't it? That's, you know, a ground war. So I think from my point of view, they took that ground war soundtrack and put it into Empire Strikes Back, which in the beginning of the movie was very much, you know, the, the ground war. And uh, I liked that there was a bit in the Rogue One trailer where, there was the sort of explosion and the guy says to Jin, you know, do you want to get out of here? And it happened at that exact moment. And, and I associate part of that soundtrack of that with, with an explosion and like having a tiny little bit of tinnitus, you know, where, where you've just heard a really ex- a loud explosion and you've lost your hearing slightly and you've got that high pitched. And he, it was in exactly the same place where that bit happened, where there was explosion right by Han's face next to the power droid. I thought, oh, that's exceptionally clever. That's just so, so well woven in, knowing that the same people who'll be watching this now are the people who have analyzed and looked at the Rogue One trailer. It, it's just so cleverly layered. I, I, I thought it was brilliant. I think what we'll do is we'll go straight into the next version. Why are you here? I'm looking for someone. I gotta leave. I can't stay anymore. There's a price on my head. If I don't pay off Jabba the Hutt, I'm a dead man. There is a great disturbance in the Force. We have a new enemy. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. You and your abilities, the Emperor wants. That is why your friends are made to suffer. But I can help them. I feel the Force. I don't want to lose you the way I lost Vader. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Don't give in to hate. That leads to the dark side. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Yeah, for me personally, that 
it's, it's the it's the music. Without the music, I think if you, if you took the music away, I think it would possibly just become another sort of fan edit of a, a you know of a film. It, mm. it, it, it's the music really that sold it to me on that. What all these contemporary versions use te- the technique that they all use. I think they probably all the ones we've looked at got in common is that little fade to black. It's almost like you've got you've got this slow blink just sets the pace but i think it works but it's it's a real kind of signifier of a modern trailer that to see a glimpse of something it fades to black you reappear mm. someone else yeah there is that sort of build simmer drop build simmer drop and then sort of launch into it isn't there and then simmer at the end but yeah it, it was an interesting one because things were out of sequence obviously which i quite like again because it doesn't spoil the sort of context behind the movie but it was a lot of the beginning was about Han having to leave and it was like you know I'm talking I've got to go and it was stuff which again you wouldn't ordinarily see in a trailer and we haven't focused on so far but it was like you know the story of Han having to go and then the next shot was him sort of you know zooming away after the battle it's sort of echo base where the, the falcons just leaving but it's an indication of yeah I'm, I'm out of here and it kind of looks like Han left before all the other trouble but yeah you're right it's the music and again i think just very much like earlier on it's because i've got so much sort of passion and love for the ot but then my whole feelings for the sequel trilogy and just studying and sort of analyzing those uh, sequel trailers over and over again i mean for me it does tick those boxes though and it just reminds me in this world of mandalorian and everything else that we love that you know <laughs> as i would have maz to say you know Empire Strikes Back is calling to you um, and you know I just I, I want to harp back to my original love but I just yeah love it I've, I've really really enjoyed looking at all of these trailers so here we are we're waiting to find out what on earth's going on to Han um, what, what's what's going to happen to Luke you know so here we are Return of a Jedi or as this very first teaser will show you as we know what was initially going to be titled revenge of the jedi so we're going to have a little look at this figure out what were the spoilers what were the things which we didn't want to see what were the things that lucas definitely didn't want people to see so here we go a long time ago in a galaxy far far away the next chapter in the star wars saga revenge of the jedi Between good and evil rages on. Join the further adventures of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Lando Calrissian, Chewbacca, C-3PO and R2-D2, and Darth Vader. Alien worlds. It's a trap. A rebellion against oppression. An epic of heroes and villains. An adventure as vast as the universe. Revenge of the Jedi. Coming May 25th to a theater in your galaxy.
Go on, dissect that one. It, it does not feel like it's sort of moved on stylistically, does it? Not um, at all. Considering there's like seven uh, years between the first Star Wars one and, and, and this one, it, it just doesn't feel as though it's moved on anywhere. There's no change in the style, the presentation, the pace. It's all very, very similar. So, yeah, that, I, I find that surprising. I, I thought there would have been some kind of new trend or going back to the Flash Gordon one, that, you know, considering that was 1980, 1979, 1980, that felt so much more polished and more stylistically different to any of the Star Wars ones so far. Um, it's quite surprising, really. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. It's just a, an assemblage of footage, isn't it? Just, yeah, here are some scenes. <laughs> but it's just a big trap. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that it's the trap was in there. I mean, who'd have known back then how popular that would have been, you know. Um, but to me, not only was it just a collection of sort of similar scenes, but it was it was like it was a collection of the same narrative. It was, here we are with Luke and Han and Leah and Lando and R2 and Darth Vader. And, th- and then it goes on to say, and aliens and around the universe. And I'm like, hang on a second, have they picked up the wrong script? Um, but what was the the craziest thing i mean i kind of hinted at it before we actually watched that trailer but if you think about how empire ended this was the teaser trailer what sort of catastrophic failure have they done i mean surely george should have looked at this and just gone whoa whoa, whoa stop 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 this isn't what we want on a trailer what, what was the big obvious sort of spoiler hand being out and about yeah i mean you know the, the whole thing about you know the, the crawl at the beginning was yeah we need to try and rescue how we need to try and get hand back you would have thought at the very least at the trailer they would have kind of you know left him out so yeah really weird very very similar sort of themes very similar narrative and just the big sort of giveaway on hand anything else you guys noticed obi-wan wasn't a ghost i had not picked up on that okay i just picked up on you know the the narration he just said the next chapter and the further adventures you know and, and obviously in 83 we were like yeah that's it and yes you know people have heard again stuff in the playground about oh no george has got you know 12 of these and, and so on and so forth i think i think it in one of them it's like the circle is closing it wasn't the circle is complete you know and and it was interesting that it was the next chapter not you know the conclusion or anything but there we go so that was the revenge of the jedi teaser now the next trailer which came out i'm I'm not going to share with you guys it's the same teaser but they just changed it to return of the jedi so uh we're not going to go through that one but we are going to go straight on to the third uh trailer now which is is the main return of the jedi one and uh we'll just see what that one brings return for the climactic clash between the forces of good and evil Return to a galaxy far, far away. Return of the Jedi. The next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga. The battle for freedom rages on.
heart of a hero. The courage of a rebel. The strength of a leader. The loyalty of comrades. The power of the force. The cunning of the enemy. Destiny revealed. Is Darth Vader my father? A legend fulfilled. An epic of heroes, villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds. It's a trap! The quest continues. The circle closes. The saga lives on. Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. It's a bit of a change on that one. Thoughts, impressions, improvements? Um, no, I just, I just think the the voiceover was was really quite cringeworthy, almost. Uh, just, you know, it's like I said before, it just doesn't seem to have moved on. Uh, it's stagnated, really. Yeah, maybe, you know, when the Star Wars trailers first came out, they were so groundbreaking and then just did take ages for everything else to sort of catch up and then move on. But, you know, this one starts off with the whole, yeah, everyone, can you get the fact that it's now called Return? Because <laughs> they mention Return about three or four times, don't they? Return to this, return to that, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, really weird. It feels like they, they really need to push in, you know, wrote down a couple of the things they're going on about the heart of a hero, the courage of a rebel, the strength of a leader, the loyalty of comrades. It wasn't good at all, I didn't think. It's just um, very sort of backwards mm. style. It's easy for us to sit here now and, and, and sort of rip into them and, and, and pull them apart and criticise them. But I, I guess at the time they were very exciting to watch. People go to the cinema specifically to go and watch the trailers which was quite a new thing, I guess, back then. Uh, we sort of take it for granted that that's what some people actually go and do, don't they, these days? They actually go to the cinema, go to a certain film to go and watch a trailer because they've heard the, the trailer's been, being played. It just doesn't feel as though it had progressed any further, um, which is a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, I mean, so you're struggling with the, the cheese element more than anything. I mean, you know, back then... They were cheesy, yeah, absolutely. I just found it a little bit pompous, a bit po-faced, and was taking itself all a little bit too seriously for a film with, with that amount of Muppets in it. But, you know, you say that, you know, these things were inspired by these 1930s serials, and there was an element of that. You look at the, the way that the Clone Wars starts with that fake newsreel uh, voiceover. It's, it's kind of in that spirit, but I just, you know, compared to some of them we've seen tonight, it just felt very slow. Yeah. Again, there's the whole narration, though, which we've moved away from, haven't we? It's, we don't need to be spoon-fed things now. And I think also now with modern-day trailers and, and lots of other things as well, you know, even the way in which symphonic music or music itself can tell the viewer whether or not someone's good or bad. You know, you just watch Star Wars and, and when Vader walks in, you know, and, you, and then you go... Oh, apart from the fact he looks menacing, but or, or, or it's so Imperial Guards, when they walk in, you know, because of the music, 
You know who's good, who's bad. You know when Luke's something is a little bit more triumphant. So you don't need the narration. I think, you know, that these people need to give the viewer a little bit more credit rather than just spoon feeding them with everything. I do wonder as well whether trailers back then had to work as hard as they do now. You know, if you sat there waiting for the film you've you've paid to go and see and these things come up advertising upcoming features, it was maybe enough just to have some footage and a quick voiceover saying what was going on or reminding you of some of the characters. Whereas now, you know, the art of the trailers, we've said, it's just become a thing. You know, the whole marketing of a movie can sometimes be as exciting, if not in some cases more exciting than the event itself and i think there's been a shift in the in the role of trailers uh, and maybe these were just dashed out because some of them feel like they were no ewoks you know as we've seen it before kind of hid the ewoks it was a tiny little bit occasionally but you know pretty much hid the ewoks didn't hide the whole hand thing even in you know in that remake for a while i thought when it started off and they're not going through the names necessarily maybe they'll just say all right that that original teaser bit of a mistake there talking about hands so much let's not have hands so much in in the uh, in the next in the primary release but no he was there just got a quick question for mark do you like the uh, return of the jedi logo any more for being animated uh, no it, 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 <laughs> when i see that bit come up i, I realize just how much i hate it yeah <laughs> it, it, it just lacks in any kind of impact doesn't it it's so weak it's so weak yeah. You've never mentioned that before, mate. <laughs> 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 right, so here we go. I'm now going to be sharing with you the Disney Plus version, so the latest 21st century remake of the Return of a Jedi trailer. Together again, huh? Wouldn't miss it. How are we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? Soon the rebellion will be crushed. And young Skywalker will be one of us. Vader. You must confront Vader. Fighters coming in. I'll never turn to the dark side. So be it. Boba Fett? Where? I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. R2, where are we going? I couldn't possibly, Joe. I think I might get a stew for this one first. Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, mate, I'm going to be honest. The, the Return of the Jedi ones I found all a little bit boring. Yeah. As trailers, even this one, which has been glossed over and shiny, I just. Um, but it's not yeah, like the previous is. Disney Plus ones either. It's not got that sort of. Whilst you say glossed over and shiny, it's, they, they've still not given it that whole J.J. Abrams sort of feel to it of, of polish or anything. It doesn't seem to fit. We just said about the first two on Disney Plus, kind of like a highlight reel with the lines. And I didn't get that from that one. I miss it's missing all the mm. all the classic lines from yeah. Jedi. It's spot on. Yeah, you're right. They did try to use Han in a similar way. You just tuck those three moments, quite a nice little sequence between the three trailers, but 
I uh, I agree with Stuart. It's just kind of lacking. Yeah, I, I think yeah, Disney Plus could have done better. Most displeased with your apparent lack of progress. We shall double our efforts. I hope so, Commander, for your sake. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. Now, once again, I just want to thank the uh, chap behind AD Edits because this is the third time we've used one of theirs this evening. And uh, yeah, another modern look at The Return of a Jedi. And hopefully you guys will like this one. The Force is strong in my family. Father has. I have it. You have that power too. Than the Disney Plus one. Better than the Disney Plus one. It is. It's still a bit slow though, isn't it? I like. I like it. I think he's. Um, I think the guy's really got a, a very good understanding of the films, and I, I really like that one. I thought. I thought it was very, very good. Like, like Craig says, better than the Disney Plus one. <laughs> I think it's a fine line between grandeur and being pompous, like the other one was, and I think that kind of is more the former. I think it worked quite well. Definitely more emotional. Mm. It's certainly emotive, that's probably a better word. Yeah, it just conjures up a bit more feeling whilst watching that than any of the others. It made you feel like there was something at stake. Yes. And it also made you feel like you were coming to the end of a journey. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you've, you've nailed it there. It did start off on that whole very much classic sort of, when I say classic, you know, the contemporary way of you had Jabba's palace, you had the twin sons. Immediately it was like, right, this is Star Wars. Scene set in and then just building in and that whole sort of crescendo. And that, yeah, things were at stake. There was tension in there. And you're absolutely right. I agree. It was better than the Disney Plus one. And um, so I personally, I think that's the best 
of the Jedi lot we've seen so far, having not been massively impressed. You know, I look back in my time, you know, as a kid, and I was hugely excited, particularly watching the TV commercials, you know, for Kenan's Palatoy, the biker scout in particular, zooming in and out of, you know, the, the kitchen table legs and, and seeing all those different things. So maybe we're just not desensitized enough. Maybe, we, you know, we, we are expecting too much. But for me, that, that ticked the box, and I did like that. I, I, I think, I think by the time sort of Jedi, uh, we'd reached the Jedi era, marketing, specifically uh, Lucasfilm's uh, marketing department, had really started to get switched on to how to play the game and how to uh, get people interested. It wasn't enough to go by word of mouth. So you were seeing stuff on things like uh, Blue Peter, Screen Test, uh, News Round. They started to understand that they had to start putting stuff out through other places other than just playing a trailer at the cinema. Um, like you, you mentioned, TV adverts uh, for, the, for the toys. And I remember that advert very, very clearly where the two speeder bikes, you know, underneath the table between the chair legs. I remember very clearly watching that and understanding where that scene related to the actual film. And that's quite important because before then, as a, as a child, watching Star Wars films was a massive, massive treat. Now, I only got to see Star Wars when it reached television. Um, I never got to see it on the cinema. So... When you see clips from Star Wars as a child, it was hard to relate characters to scenes, whereas by the time Jedi had hit, I'd seen it on different kids' programs, so I could start to relate to the scenes that the toys were trying to sell to. And, um, yeah, I think I think by then the marketing departments had started to gather pace and started to learn their craft a lot more. Thanks for that, Mark. Yeah, 100%. Hey, guys, the, the one thing which no one's mentioned so far is, yeah, Han didn't feature in that at all, apart from there was one sort of scene from Jabba's sail barge only lasted about a second, focusing on the skiff. And Luke, you know, on the skiff, it was all, it was R2 to Luke. It was that sort of scene. If you had freeze-framed it, yes, you would have seen Han in the background. But what I'd like to do with you now is share the uh, final fan-made one of the uh, of the night, uh, which is made by Terrorstone, so the uh, the guy who made the second of the Star Wars ones, which we watched. So um, here you go. I hope you enjoy. Well done. 
I would have had the ending bit of that at the start rather than the end. I thought that was uh, a bit bizarre. But other than that, I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty good. I liked the music. But I thought he didn't get the music right in the last one, but I think he, I think he nailed it on that one. Yeah, I, I quite liked the end. I thought, here we go, we're going to end with another Emperor's Laugh. And then they had that little coda at the end. I just thought it was quite, that was quite sweet. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? I did. I know what you mean. It was just, I thought it was going to finish again with another Emperor's Laugh. And then that came in. I was like, oh, of course. What happened to Han? And uh, and who's that mysterious alien? Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. I, 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 did, I did like that. I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought the music worked really well with it. You're right, Mark. All in all, I think both of those Jedi ones were better than the uh, the originals and were better than the Disney. So so that's it. We've got a selection of, of OT. We've got a selection of OT as they came out, as Disney then sort of reimagined them and how the fans have reimagined them. And you'd think I'd end there. It wouldn't be right for us to finish on a fan-made one, even though they are so good and they've been so well done. I'd really like to share this with you because it was this trailer, which in 1992 I saw and I was like, oh my word, I am absolutely still 100% a Star Wars nerd. So you think you've seen the whole of the Star Wars legend on video? Well, think again. time you can experience the complete saga in its original format widescreen i am your father that's impossible fox video are proud to announce this unique collector series too short for a stormtrooper i'm Luke skywalker i'm here to rescue you good luck direct from the digital masters with hi-fi stereo sound As you've never seen them on video before, in widescreen. I'm on the leader. I lost our two. You're not actually going into an asteroid field. You didn't have to do this to impress me. From the ice world of Hoth, to the deserts of Tatooine. With your favorite heroes. Traveling through hyperspace in like Dustin Crocs, boy. Strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And your darkest enemies. You will die. All the romance. I love you. I know. The grandeur. Believe it. That is why you fail. All the excitement. All right, boys, keep tight now. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Return of the Jedi. The complete saga in the complete format. The widescreen collection. Look out for the other titles available in the series. You forget what a compromise pan and scan was, don't you? Yeah.
I was 17 when that came out. You know, I was in sixth form. I was, you know, in college, just started with, you know, the occasional Saturday job and working here, working there. But when that came out, I was like, wow, I've got to get those. I, I have to buy those. Yeah, I've, you know, I've got copies of each of it on, you know, on, from telly or on VHS. And I've got the original Star Wars on VHS, I'm sure. But no, what? Widescreen? Oh my goodness, that looks amazing. And that was a great trailer. That had everything, didn't it? And I didn't mind the narration. That narration to me, whilst still a little bit cheesy, um, to me ticked all the boxes. I just, I I had to rush out. I, you know, I didn't have the money on me at the time to get those videos, but I had to get them. I had to borrow some money and I was like, right, I need all those videos in my life immediately. And uh, yeah, I got extremely fond memories of that. And it was just, yeah. Oh yeah, so I got the figures. Then in you know eighty five, eighty six, started to maybe not like the figures as much. Get into skateboarding, but it was only a few years later when that happened. I was like, yeah, bam, no, I'm back in. Bad boys for life, Star Wars for life. Thoughts on that? I mean, it differs from all the others because it's a, a montage of all three movies, so it's got that going for it. Um, and it's, uh, I, I guess it's a, it, it's a piece of work with a very specific brief, isn't it? It's we need to tell people that you know they've been missing a lot of uh, the Star Wars experience at home, so it, it it does that job really well. A lot, a lot of the images that they picked, particularly at the start, where they're all kind of sat on the bench in the Falcon, um, proper widescreen shot. You wouldn't have seen all, everybody there in the in the pan and scan version. So it does a really good job. I think I think it was um, sort of 1992 when that was first aired on television we, we, we're talking about the, the very dark times being a star wars fan when there was so so little out there so when these were advertised it was like oh my god you know new star wars because that's what effectively it was it was new star wars so um yeah i, I remember it quite well and i remember those uh, videos hitting the um in the shelves and uh, I think I might have stolen a poster from one of the shops um, I used to work in a video shop um, sort of early 90s and uh, I remember nicking it off the wall uh, thinking oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna half reach that and um, yeah taking it home with me so uh, yeah good times but dark times as well before the dark times before the Empire Guys, thanks so much for uh, joining me this evening for this. Yes, there are other ones which we could have looked at. There would have been, you know, the occasional TV spot and this. Let's not forget the special editions which came out in 1997 as we start gearing towards the prequels. You know, we're going to be looking at the prequels on another time and then we'll look at the sequels as well. And I think that's how we'll do it. I've enjoyed tonight. Thanks so much for you know sharing it with me and, and uh, giving me your point of view and your your thoughts on uh, and what they got right and what they got wrong. It's been good, mate. It's been interesting. It's um, not something I've really given a lot of thought to, especially the original trilogy uh, trailers. Uh, I think a lot of people tend to think about the sequel and prequel trailers. But um, no, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've, I've learned a couple of things as well tonight. So yeah, it's been interesting. Love it. Looking forward to going on to the the uh, prequels. Yeah, thank you, Jess. That's that was really well put together. I mean, I would quite like to set a challenge actually for um before December to everyone to come up with their own trailer montage, <laughs> and uh, and we put them out there to be voted on. I think that could be great fun. I'm just going to copy and paste one of those. Um, Terrastone ones. <laughs> <laughs> but with Terrastone printed on the right of the screen. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find somebody who can uh, mask that out. <laughs>
Well, awesome. Well, guys, yeah, once again, thanks so, so much. And um, that's it for me. Stu, do you want to do the sort of goodbyes? Yeah, what well I mate. Let's just give a shout out to our social media because uh, obviously you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram just by searching Generation Skywalker. Head over to YouTube because this one's going to be fascinating for the enhanced. A lot of work going to be going on there. Um, so again, search Generation Skywalker. Uh, you can find our podcasts on any podcast player or app, um, wherever you want to listen to it. We will be there. And of course, go to www.generationskywalker.com where you can find links to all our shows, all our videos, and of course, the blog posts over there. Jez, thank you so much for putting that on. It's been a been a blast. I think I've actually uh, been part quite quiet and just sat back and watched all these videos a couple of times. So, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it was brilliant, Jez. Uh, thank you for putting it together for us, mate. Um, it really was a was a fun ride. But uh, but it is from us this month. Goodbye from Mark. Good night. It is goodbye from Craig. Cheerio. Uh, it's good night from Dan. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And it's good night from Jezebel. See you next time. <laughs> and it is good night from me. And we are Generation Skywalker.